films. Hey guys, and welcome to this episode of the Average Joe Films podcast. Um, hope we're all doing well, um, especially in the country of Malta. Um, hope we're all staying safe, hope we're social distancing, hope we're washing our hands, and I hope we're all not freaking out too much about the situation, because it will pass. And what better way to pass the time than by watching some films? Um, I didn't watch as many as I would have liked last week, but I did watch four films that I've got to discuss for you guys today. So let's just jump right into it. I've got some new ones too. And starting with a new one, um, this is The Hunt from 2020, directed by Craig Zobel. And it goes like this. Twelve strangers wake up in a clearing. They don't know where they are or how they got there. They don't know they've been chosen for a very specific purpose. The Hunt. So... This is starring Betty Gilpin and Hilary Swank. There's a bunch of other people in it, but they don't really matter at all, <laughs> to be completely honest. So um, this was a film draped in very much controversy, um, specifically because, it's no spoiler, um, the film is essentially The Hunger Games, but it's, yeah, it's probably like Democrat liberals hunting Trump supporters. <laughs> um, it's very, very much that, and the film makes it very obvious, but... Yeah, it came to us via digital in the current world crisis because all cinemas are shut at the moment. So I popped it on hoping for a good time. And I'd say I got mostly a good time. So let's start with the positives. Um, it's obviously a very violent film, being that it's about hunting actual people. Um, and when it decides to really go for it with some really like over-the-top kind of executions, it really doesn't hold back and it makes it exciting in a kind of like action movie sense. Like, Sounds crazy of me to say, but the kills are really satisfying in this film. And that's not in a Trump supporter should die kind of way, in an action movie that was cool kind of way. Um, to speak about the cast, Betty Gilpin is an absolute badass in this. Like, I would not fuck with her with a fucking 15-foot pole. Um, and it's clear that she's got the chops to take the lead in a film. She very much carries this film for its entire runtime. And it's also quite nice to see Hilary Swank back with a little bit to do. You know, like, she had a good run in the 2000s, and now she's kind of disappeared. But it's good to see her back with something to sink her teeth into. Um, when the film remains a kind of very over-the-top, dark comedy, like, role-reversal kind of thing, it really, really works. Like, it's really fun when the film does that. It, it should have remained that, because now we're going to get to the negative parts of this film. And it's the fact that the film takes its own message way too seriously. Like, to the point where certain lines that characters said literally made me recline in my chair and like cringe like it's so self-righteous in its own execution and it's totally unclassy and that's a massive shame because it really hinders this film and the other biggest thing i have to say it doesn't have a real ending um or at least with the ending it does present i got totally nothing out of it um yeah it's a real shame because about three minutes before it ended, I was like, oh, this is cool. This is good. How is it? How are you going to actually end it now? And then they kind of don't. But yeah, um, I think there's a really, really good film in this kind of premise. Um, I think there's a film that sends a message without screaming it at you through characters lines. But that being said, the hunt is still fun. It's still thrilling enough to sit down and watch whilst we're all stuck indoors. And yeah, I mean, I don't I think if you pop it on. Um, kind of like I did with the mindset of, oh, this would be a fun, dumb action film. You'll you'll get enjoyment out of it. Like, you'll get some satisfaction out of it. It's, it's when it tries to teach you something that the movie doesn't do itself any favors. But yeah, that's The Hunt. Moving on to another new one we got 
courtesy of cinemas closing down thank you coronavirus is emma from 2020 directed by autumn de wild and it goes like this in 1800s england a well-meaning but selfish young woman meddles in the love life of her friends this is starring anya taylor joy johnny flynn josh o'connor callum turner mia goth miranda hart and bill nye so we have a new period piece based on the beloved jane austen novel lovely two things i don't particularly like and don't know anything about <laughs> um, despite that when i put this on I was instantly drawn in by the film, and it's mainly due to its complete and utter style and flair. I can't really describe it, but there isn't another period piece that looks or feels like this does. It felt quirky, it felt strange, and yeah, it, it did really hook me in. And the cast are fantastic. Everyone is believable from a, like, just really, really good. Anya Taylor-Joy, flawless in... Her accent and her execution of what she had to do. Johnny Flynn, also really good. Josh O'Connor, another really strong role for him. Bill Nye, strong as usual. Like, It's no surprise when you have a cast like this that you're going to get good performances. But the problem for me with this film, with period pieces in general, is the fucking melodrama. Like, Because of the melodrama in this film, everything just felt totally slow. Like The first, I'd say, 25 minutes were kind of moving along quite well and then it just hits this bit as soon as the second act starts where it's just melodramatic happening after melodramatic happening and oh it kind of kills it for me <laughs> it really does um i can't rightly say it's a bad film because it definitely isn't a bad film it's incredibly stylish there's really good performances the writing is rather strong for the most part um i did enjoy the ending because when i eventually got around to it i did enjoy how it ended but it's just not for me. <laughs> Most period pieces aren't for me. And this one isn't for me in particular, I'd say. But for others, who you do like Jane Austen, if you do like a good period piece, you do like your melodrama, you'll probably think this is fantastic. I thought it was pretty good. I didn't feel like I wasted my time, but I'm not crazy about it. But yeah, that's Emma. Moving on to number three. This is Badlands from 1973, directed by Terence Malick. And it goes like this. An impressionable teenage girl from a dead-end town and her older greasy boyfriend embark on a killing spree in the South Dakota Badlands. This is starring Martin Sheen and Sissy Spacek. There are other people, but these are the only two you need to care about. And I had to re-watch this for one of my university classes. And honestly, I really enjoyed going back to this film because I'd watched it for the first time about three years ago. But yeah, this is based on true events. It doesn't adhere to the true events, like, I wouldn't say at all. But it doesn't really care about the true events, but it is definitely based on them because there is a story which happened in the States pretty much exactly like this. But yeah, this is Malick's first ever feature film and I think it's my favourite of Terence Malick's here because there's all his stamps and everything, like his signature, all over this film. But there's a lot more charm in this first effort because of some of the mistakes it makes. And I think for the time it was made and just for the story that Malick is telling in this one. Um, to speak about Sheen and Spacek, they're both fantastic i think they're a really good match for each other in this they really make sense as the couple um and then you pair that with these beautiful vistas of course because it's a terrence manic film there's going to be beautiful views and there are in this um but i think my biggest issue with the film is there's a massive reliance on voiceover from the sissy spacek character from holly now i know it was the 70s um i know it's actually a really well done voiceover 
but it's just a bit of a pet peeve of mine. I'm not a big fan of, vo- of voiceovers, and there's quite a bit of it in this film. Um, I still think it's a totally worthy revisit. I, I really, really enjoyed going back because it's a successful blend of genres, and you pair that with two good leads and some incredible imagery. It's just really good stuff. This is new Hollywood era coming into its own, and it's really, really good. It is a Western. It's almost a gangster movie. It's an outlaw movie. It's a road movie, and it's just great. It really is. I really like Badlands, but yeah. Moving on. This is the last film I'll be talking about today, and this was actually suggested um, by Clive from the Prickly Pears Facebook group. Thank you, Clive. Um, for me to watch and to talk about today. And this is Koyanis Katsi from 1982, directed by Godfrey Reggio. Um, I could be pronouncing all of that wrong, but who cares? And the film is about this. So, this visual tone poem contains neither dialogue nor narration. Its tone is set by the juxtaposition of images and the music of Philip Glass. Um, on this film, I had actually seen this film before in a film class. Um... It wasn't exactly a film class. It was called Digital Documentation in Space. But it was a class I really, really enjoyed because we'd watch a bunch of documentaries and we'd talk about them. And we had watched this one. Um, So it was nice to go back to it and revisit it now that I'd say my film knowledge has evolved. Patting myself on the back. (laughs) Um, But yeah, this is honestly an absolutely stunning jaw-dropper of a visual documentary. Like, if any of you have seen, I think it's samsara it's quite similar to that um it's not going to be for everyone it states in the description i've just read for you that there's no form of dialogue or narration but i'd say if you're up to it pop it on sit back and be blown away by the images and the filmic techniques over here because i i I genuinely think this might be the oldest film i've seen with a time lapse in it and like that's crazy for 1982 i think to put that kind of technique into a film um the way it juxtaposes the images is really interesting and almost effortless as if they shot it and they knew what they were going to put together all at once because it just kind of makes sense like it's pretty cool to see how the images on the screen tell a story in and of themselves and i have to say in these extraordinary and strange times that we are living in right now this kind of hit me hard like the film has a lot to say without saying it at all because there's a lot about nature there's a lot about technology there's a lot about industrialization there's a lot about everything and we can't forget the incredible soundtrack by philip glass because without it the film would likely be a mess and genuinely boring because it does actually ramp up i wouldn't say tension but emotions for me it ramped up more than anything but yeah definitely not for everyone but if you want to see some like obviously real and just some incredible images and have them tell you a story this is the one so i say thank you to you clive for telling me to watch this again i did enjoy revisiting it and with that we come to the end of this episode um if anyone wants to get in touch with me to watch a film this week i'll do my very best to do that i do want to interact with more people but yeah guys strange times stay indoors wash your hands Until then, I've been your average Joe, and I'll see you soon.